So, John, tell me about these blue heat tortilla chips. Ah, yes. What on earth? What is these? Are these blue flavor? Uh, what? <laughs> they're called <laughs> Takis, T A K I S. And sometimes, I don't know, Rob, I don't know where my teenage son comes up with these snacks that he wants, but I think this is, you know. I don't know if he's seen these things on YouTube or I I don't know where he's finding them, but I think it's a gamer thing. Maybe that's, that's what I'm going to guess. But they are these tubes that are made out of some kind of corn. So they're a corn snack, like a tortilla chip kind of, although I wouldn't say it exactly tastes like a tortilla chip and these blue and they're, they're dyed blue. So they're bright blue, like, you know, electric blue chips, and the flavor is all I all I can describe it is as is fake lime and heat. So it's a little bit like I don't know, maybe like the heat from a a, a Dorito, you know, a little bit of that right. kind of taco flavor. Yeah, right. And and fake lime, like those tortilla. I don't know if you have those tortilla chips in the UK that have the fake lime salt on them or something. Uh, yeah, we have we have some that allegedly tastes like lime i'm not a massive fan of that it doesn't <laughs> doesn't taste great but, no it's uh, because they're yeah, not using limes they're using some kind of weird acidic thing that tastes like a lime um but yeah that's that's what they are and uh i i tried one and i'm never going to touch them again ever they were pretty gross but uh yeah I, i'm on their i'm on their website now they're made in the uh, usa the, the, yeah the manufacturer bar cell usa i guess is the manufacturer um but I'm looking at the, these Takis. Is it Takis yes. or Takis? I don't know. Yeah, I think so. Um, they also have this nitro flavor one, yeah. uh, which <laughs> it sounds nice. And I know for a fact it'll be terrible, but it says one part habanero, one part lime, one part hint of cucumber. And I'm like, I really want to eat these. And I know they'll be bad, <laughs> but I would buy them if I saw them. <laughs> There's nothing you've never, you haven't lived, Rob, until you've tried artificial cucumber flavoring. Uh, you really need to dive into artificial cucumber flavoring. Yeah, uh, Calvin told me that there was another version of these that were much hotter than the ones I tried because the the blue ones were quite hot, uh, surprisingly for what... I, I didn't really expect something blue to be really spicy, but it was. And yeah, I, I can see it here. They've got the, the Takis Fuego, <laughs> um, and it says, uh, like eating fire oh. is the description. So, uh, I mean, that sounds terrible. I feel like... This is kind of an aside, but like, there feels like there's this thing where it's like you can have like spicy food that tastes really nice, right? Um, You know, I have some like uh, some habanero hot sauce that I bought recently, and it's hot, but the flavor is still nice, right? But then I think you get products like this where it's like, oh, we've just got to make the hottest thing in the world, and they just they chuck all of the different chili peppers and habaneros and. But there's no actual flavor there. Like it's not. No, it's just hot. Nice. It's just it just burns right. your mouth. <laughs> yeah, it, it's it's definitely not. Um, there, there's some Doritos out in the UK at the moment, um, which are like they're basically like the cheese ones, but they're like uh-huh. really spicy as well. Right. And I kind of like them, but they are just too spicy. It's yeah. like you haven't actually added anything to these. I might as well just have the cheese ones. Right, right. Well, this I think these Takis or Takis or whatever they are, they they kind of start at that high end of Doritos and go up from there. Is the way these that was my experience, which was if the blue ones are the mild ones, 
then I can't really imagine what the high-end ones here are like because they weren't the most spicy thing I've ever had, but they were definitely on the high end of the spectrum for kind of your average uh, snack foods that most people would have heard of or have seen in their local supermarket. Yeah, they've definitely they've got a nice range here. You've got the Fuego, the Nitro, uh, the uh, Crunchy Fajita, which apparently is, is this how you find out what Caliente tastes like? Um, so. <laughs> oh, Crunchy Fajita. It's got real, real spicy beef flavoring. I don't know. Um, it, it's pretty, it's pretty gross. But anyway, that was the strangest snack food that has come into my house in a long time. And it just kind of came out of the blue because Jennifer was out shopping and got a text from my son who asked for specifically for these things. And they just happened to be where she was. So there you go. It definitely. You were absolutely right. It's definitely like a YouTuber or a streamer. Yeah. Like, yeah. He saw this things. somewhere yeah. online. I'm, I'm, I'm totally convinced. It, it it kind of reminds me of the same thing of like the you know the different Mountain Dew flavors they did years right, ago where it's right. like it's more of like a meme than anything else. It's like oh, there's this blue flavor or you know whatever. It's like some weird or um, or like the pizza from episode one of Ruminate, the pizza with the cheeseburgers in the crust. Remember that? They yes, I do. <laughs> I absolutely do. <laughs> That's where we got started on this. All right. Well, you've been playing some video games. What have you been up to? Yeah, I finally found some time to actually sit down and I looked at all my games that I have and I was like, I don't know what to play. Um, But I got Control recently, the PS5 version. uh, That was one of the PlayStation Plus games for free, I think like last month or the month before. Um, And I've been meaning to play this game for a while. Like you mentioned playing it on the streaming with the Switch a few episodes ago, whenever that was. Um, But yeah, I've been having loads of fun with it. It's a really good game. Yeah, I really got lost in it. Like I think you know, I think I played it like seven or eight hours over the weekend. Um I've hit a wall now. Like the difficulty ramps up quite quickly uh. on one of the missions. Um and I think I've attempted this boss like probably eight or nine times and I sort of it got to the point where I just had to put the controller down and walk away. Yeah. Um, yeah. You get to that point where it's just like it then it becomes no fun and you're probably better off because you'll go back in a couple of days and you'll probably figure it out right away. Yeah. So I'm gonna you know I'm gonna go back to it in a couple of days as you say and, and try it probably at the weekend. Um but I'd also looked if there was any difficulty settings and there's not there's no like game difficulty. But mm-hmm. what I didn't realise is under accessibility that's where they've put what they call the difficulty settings so you can adjust a bunch of different things um so it's not like a fixed like you know easy medium hard or whatever it's like you can adjust certain things you can even go to the extreme and just be invincible um you know if you just want to play through and play the story right um i probably won't go that far but i you know i'm going to give it another go at the weekend if i can't get through it I'll probably just adjust, you know, some of those settings yeah, so that I can definitely. actually get past this because I'm really enjoying the story as well. So, oh, that's cool. Yeah, it's a really neat game. I think, I think that maybe video games, at least some uh, studios, are starting to get smarter about difficulty levels and trying to do and doing it in a way that's not designed to shame people into not doing the easier modes and to just make it fun for people who have different abilities, which I think is really what they should be doing in the first place. I mean, they obviously want to sell 
more games and if they make their games so hard that nobody could you know that a significant number of people can't complete it that's not a good that's not really a good way to make a game so you know, I, I guess no you know, ratchet and clank i think has the ability to slow it down really significantly and i think they're doing it as kind of pitching it as accessibility but it's really accessibility for you know anybody really who just maybe doesn't want all that stuff coming at them quite as fast yeah, I think one of the nicest ones I saw, or the or sort of the best one I saw, I think it was at the beginning of God of War, where uh-huh. you choose the difficulty, and it's not, do you want easy or do you want you know extreme or whatever. It, it says like, you know, this mode is I just want to enjoy the story. Right. I want a little bit of fighting. I want a lot of fighting, or I really want a challenge. So it doesn't, like you said, it's not shaming people into, you know, feeling like they shouldn't put it on easy mode, like. I don't care. You know, I, I I will put things on easy mode. If it's just getting too frustrating, I'd, you know, I will do that. Um, right, because I mean, I, it's either put it on easier mode or you just abandon the game, and that doesn't, it's not really good for anybody. Right, exactly. Like, I think if I wasn't enjoying the story as much, I'd just go, oh, do you know what? It doesn't matter. There's plenty of other games, but I am actually quite enjoying it. So right. I'll try again. Um, and like I say, I, I tend to move stuff around. Like sometimes I'll, um, I think Horizon Zero Dawn was one of these where, I think I adjusted it down at one point because I couldn't get through, but then I put it straight back up again because I thought, okay, well, I've got through that, but the rest of it was kind of fine. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and then I think, you know, just enjoy games however you want. Like you say, the the really hard extreme games are like, that is a very specific genre in and of itself. Like right. there are there are people who that's the kind of game they love. Like they don't want a game that's even on the hardest difficulty is too easy for them right um right. you know so there's definitely a market for it you know and they keep making these games like you know dark souls and uh what was the the ninja like sekiro i think it was uh-huh. that's another one that was like quite hard um so like but yeah like you say i'd much rather see some difficulty settings because i'm not i'm not interested in being that frustrated or putting in a lot of time into just trying to get good at a video game that i'm gonna put down once i finish it anyway right i forget have you played returnal no we mentioned it last I time i think yeah. i've just i've decided not to at least for now i see that's um, right that's right i remember now. because of the difficulty that i'd sort of seen in some of right, the reviews now right you know maybe it becomes the free game at some point on playstation plus or Maybe it drops in price and I might pick it up then, but I'm certainly not in a rush to to pick it up now, especially because we're two weeks away from Ratchet and Clank. Right. Well, um, that's a good point. And, and I've also heard it's pretty <laughs> it's pretty stressful. If you don't want a stressful game, it's not a good good one to have because it's just kind of creepy. Uh, right. Exactly. I'm not sure. Uh, like I say, I I might pick it up. You know, when it when it comes down in price or if it's in sale or something like that. Sure. But, uh, yeah, I'm not in a rush right now. Yeah, I, I'm actually not really playing much of anything lately. I mean, I I'm gonna I'm kind of waiting for some of the stuff to come out on Switch. I'm looking forward to some of that. I mean, I saw that there's new Pokemon games that were announced today. So in terms of release dates and stuff, so I don't know. I'll I've, I've been kind of taking a break, and I'll I'll probably get back into it soon. I just need to need to find the time to do it on maybe this weekend yeah well i mean speaking of the ps5 i finally filled up the hard drive i say finally i've not actually played that many games um i i think this is pretty common i've read a lot of people are at filled up that internal drive very fast yeah and i, and I think actually the part of the problem as well is the ps4 games are actually bigger than their equivalent ps5 games Oh, interesting um because of 
things i don't know technical things compression yeah all sorts of stuff like that um so you know i think you have like 660 gig of usable space mm-hmm. um and i sort of hit that limit and they've added the ability now to you can't play games from an external or you can't play ps5 games from an external but you can transfer them between the internal and the external right um and you can play ps4 games from an external ah. drive um so i had a little had a little look around i was like you know what are the best ones because there's a bunch of you know there's loads of articles that are like these are the ones we tested and stuff like that um uh, i think got... the best one was a western digital one but it was about twice the price of the samsung one that i've ordered yeah, you got a t5 um, it looks like yes samsung t5 i had to get the black um i couldn't find anywhere that was selling the terabyte one in a decent color uh, so I've just gone with boring black. Yeah, no, T5s are really good. I've got a T5 and a T7, actually. Um, and I, I I actually use these things for when I do Mac OS reviews because they're pretty fast, and you can run Mac OS off of them without any real, you know, any issue in terms of the speed. So that's what I use them for mainly. Yeah, so I, I yeah, I mean... Like you say, the T7 seemed good as well. Again, obviously the price jumps up quite a bit. It does, um, yeah, for the, for the terabyte one. And I wasn't, you know, I'm, I'm willing to spend the money, but for the most part, this is just going to have PS4 games on it. Um, and in all honesty, like a lot of people have reported that even just using a normal spinning hard drive for PS4 games on the PS5 is fine. Yeah, it's because um, they're because they load all that stuff into memory as it is anyway. So all it is, all it would probably be, would be load times more than anything else that where you'd see the difference. I would think. Absolutely. Um, so this came in at about a hundred pound or something. Um, it's coming tomorrow, I think. Oh, that's a good deal. That's a pretty good deal. I mean, because the T five, I guess, has been out for a couple of years, and I think it's three. It's USB three, and then I think the T seven might be. Uh, I want to say thun- Thunderbolt, or it's three point two USB three point two. It's three point two on the T seven and three point one on the T five. Yeah, that's what I believe. Is, right? Which is the difference between like ten gigabits a second and forty gigabits a second, or something like that. I think. Right, but like I say, given that all I'm going to do is install a bunch of my PS four games on it, um, and and just play them from there, um, I'm not particularly worried about the difference between the two. Um, yeah. You know, and then. And like I say, plenty of people are using spinning hard drives, and it's fine as well. So I figured, right, I'll right. get a nice SSD. Um, it's kind of funny because I've bought loads of external hard drives, you know, over the last 10, 15 years. Sure. And I feel like I always spend about £100 on each one. <laughs> yeah. And of course, yeah. it's got progressive, you know, the the first one I bought, I think, was like a 500 gig external hard drive, big, like, two and a half, uh, three and a half inch, like, spinning disc. Right. And, you know, then it was like, oh, now it's like three terabyte, and then it's like, oh, these two and a half inch drives that are a terabyte that are quite nice, and now it's like SSD. But I've always spent the same price regardless. Right, right. Well, you'll you'll be amazed by the T5 just because of how small it is. It's a really nice thing to have for portable. I mean, and it works with iPads and stuff like that if you have external storage needs there. But um, but yeah, I I have I'm like very in tuned right now with USB the different. You know, USB three, USB three one, three two, Thunderbolt three, Thunderbolt four, all that stuff because nothing, 
nothing uh, gets you shamed more on the internet than getting the uh, speeds or the details wrong about those things. People love to correct you about that. <laughs> and it's actually very confusing because they've made it. Re- and you know what I just read actually on The Verge yesterday is that USB-C, they're upping the, uh, the number of watts that can be delivered over over a USB-C cable from 100 yeah. to 240. And that's great because that means for you know some really beefy laptops, you'll be able to power them and charge them very quickly. However, it's going to be yet another, it's basically yet another flavor of USB-C that you'll have to watch out for because I think they're going to have, they've said they're going to have special cables that are marked to show that they're compatible with 240s, that you know that you're using a 240 cable with a 240 capable device. So it just gets even more complicated. I mean, you know, and then you overlay on top of that things like Thunderbolt, which is like a a super set of USB-C, and it gets complicated fast. I actually have a a Samsung X5 Thunderbolt 3 drive that I'm going to use for the macOS review this year, which is even faster. It's one of those... I forget what the uh, what the S- it's those high end SSDs that they use in laptops a lot of times that are super mm-hmm. that are super super fast. Um, it does like twenty eight hundred megabytes per second um, for reads and twenty three hundred for writes. It says I'm looking at the box right. Oh yeah, now. I can uh, I can see it on the website. You've got the hard drive, and then below it is a reflection of what looks like a Ferrari with lightning <laughs> coming out of it. So you know that they really mean business. Yes, uh, yes. <laughs> it's definitely that. This is a whole different line from the T series, which just look like little. I don't know. I don't even know what to call them. They look like little matchbooks almost. I mean, they're right. they're pretty. They're pretty. Uh, I don't know. They're they're boring in comp- comparison because they're just rectangles. This thing looks like a. It actually looks a little bit like a mouse uh or something this kind of looks like the kind of mouse that like ferrari or tesla might design (laughs) and and go oh we've made a mouse and it's like this horrible flat thing that you can't actually use but it looks cool (laughs) yeah i know (laughs) speaking of which i tried a magic mouse again for the first time in years a couple of days ago it's really a bad mouse it's so shallow yeah it's all i mean it gave me rsi uh, I'm not surprised. Like my wrist. Like, <laughs> I, I tried it. I was like, ah, this seems like it would be a really bad idea to use this every single day. Um, but yeah, I'm, you know, it's, I've, I've, I like the Logitech mice. That's what I've been using. So, yes. Yeah. So, I'm using my MX Master 3. Yep, that's what I got. Uh, I think I got the the Mac version, which is like a little bit of a different color, but it's the exact same mouse. And it doesn't come with the Bluetooth adapter if you buy it for the Mac. I know. I remember weird. hearing this from Mike Hurley, who, did, who was very upset about it. Uh, but yeah, I don't, I didn't, I didn't even know there was a Mac version. So I got the one with the dongle. The dongle actually, I, I got to say that it's a little annoying to have to plug in this little nubby thing into some USB-A outlet in order to get it to work. But the latency is so low on, on keyboards and mice with those things that it's worth it. Because I actually tried a, a Bluetooth keyboard recently that I was testing, a small one, and I've been... Sp- completely spoiled by my logitech keyboard because it has one of those you know those proprietary bluetooth things and it never skips a beat i've never had a problem with um you know latency or or disconnecting or anything it's it's super rock solid yeah yeah the the little whatever they call it the unifying dongle i think they call it um it is is really good and it's it 
it's nice as well because I still have an MX Master One hanging around. Um, right. And so when the three runs out of battery, instead of having the cable plugged in, I just plug it in and put it to the side and just use the one oh. while the other one's charging. That's good. That's good. <laughs> yeah, I've got a two around here too somewhere, but I and I've used it for like my iPad before. But I don't know. There's something about I like using a trackpad with with an iPad, but I'm not so into using a mouse with it. I don't know why that is, but uh, I certainly don't need both. When I'm at my desk, when I'm working on a Mac, I use a trackpad and a mouse, mainly because if I, I, I find that I'm more likely to get a little bit of RSI from a trackpad than I am a mouse for some reason. So I like to have one, I like to have them on both sides. And then if I start feeling like my hand's getting a little tired or sore, I switch to the other one. No, that makes sense. That totally makes sense. Um, I, I used to do that. I had a mouse um, and I had the trackpad as well. And then I think my trackpad broke. Mm-hmm. Um, so I just sort of, I just gave up. I was like, I'm not going to spend another. I think this was right after the new ones had come out as well. And they're pretty expensive, those trackpads. Oh, they are. Yeah. Um, All the accessories are. So I course. just sort of skipped it. Um, you know, what's really cool too is the, speaking of, of Mac accessories, the new iMac keyboard is amazing i I, the the, having having touch id in a keyboard is really neat i hope that comes to become something you can pair with any mac but i'm not super confident that it will just because there's some you know some special sauce happening there in terms of hardware between the imac and its and its paired keyboard although i don't know i mean it's it's communicating with the, the secure enclave chip uh, I just don't know if it's different on the new iMacs than it is with, you know, existing Macs. Yeah, I mean, my guess would be, and I mean, this is not, you know, this is not a breaking thought, but my assumption is that once we get, um, you know, new Mac Minis, new Mac Pro, uh, MacBook Pros, you know, once, once the newer models of those come out, because there's some rumors of a new Mac Mini coming out. Yeah, I saw that. I'm guessing that the keyboard will work with those ones, because my guess is they're basically going to take this iMac and sort of, you know, stick a keyboard on it. There you go, there's a laptop. Yeah. And, like, just take the guts out of it. Here's a Mac Mini. Like, I mean, it's it, it's kind of the same as what they've been doing anyway, you know, with the, the M1 MacBook Air and the MacBook Pro. Like, they're basically all the same computer at this point. So um, I think it's pretty reasonable to assume that eventually you'll be able to buy that keyboard to to use it with one of the other computers that comes out. Yeah, yeah. Did, did you uh, did you catch my my Mac Mini M1 hot take? The the picture that I posted yesterday. It was of of the original Apple TV. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. And of course, <laughs> I I quote I quote tweeted nine to five Mac, and I you know I think they should send me a check because that that tweet has got a hundred thousand impressions. I just looked. So, well, there you go. <laughs> that that did better than anything I tweeted from Mac Stories this week. So, you know, th- you're, you're very welcome, uh, nine to five Mac. I think you're, uh, I think that makes you an influencer now. I think <laughs> nine to... <laughs> to five Mac influencer. It's against my own, my own interest, but hey, it'll work. I opened up this, uh, X5 Rob. It actually wasn't open yet, and it's bright red on the bottom. Oh, do you know what? You're making me sad now. I don't want my sad black t5 that's coming i wanted a nice like red or the blue but oh this looks um, this looks you know. a little bit like a uh, it looks a little bit like a space a spaceship of some kind it's silvery and gray on the top and the bottom is like fire red it's nice. a, it's a lot bigger than the t5 though 
Yeah, that, that's how you know it means business, though, that it's got bright red on it. It's like twice as, twice the size of what you bought, I think, so. I, I think years ago, and I can't remember who it was, I, I had an external hard drive, and it would, the, the hard drive was designed by some car manufacturer, like oh, the Por- case Porsche was. used to do that with uh, the Lacey drives, I think. That, that is the one I had. Yeah. I had Porsche design, <laughs> Lacey. I think I still have it, actually. I think it's the one hooked up to my Mac Mini server. Um, <laughs> I think I still have that somewhere. <laughs> it sounds about the, about the right place for it at this point. It's probably six years old or something, right? Oh, yeah. I mean, it's it, it's a ticking time bomb. It's sat there. It's got all my... You know, my my um you know backups of my tv and movie show uh, you know tv shows and movies i'm sure it's going to explode at one point at some point <laughs> and just stop working and i'm just going to lose all that yeah so, oh man but it's fine yeah well I, I this is the time of year when I, I i don't know there's something about wwc coming up i end up finding myself spending too much money which i really shouldn't do because there'll probably be new products soon but but yeah i'm getting ready we are getting ready to do our annual big coverage and since it's going to be remote again this year we will be doing much like we did last year a special series of app stories episodes and lots of articles and i don't know probably a few surprises along the way i don't know for sure yet what we're going to be doing but uh but yeah, it's gonna be. It's always fun to do that. I just my family actually leaves town now when I when I cover WWDC because I just sit at my desk for like sixteen hours a day, <laughs> come up to use the bathroom and get some food, uh, usually which is like a pizza delivered to the door. It's a it's it's a pretty tough existence, but it's only a week, so I are they, are they leaving just because it's a bit they see, they feel a bit sad. I, they like, probably they just see you feel come sad. Out for me or or they just can't deal with me and my kind of semi stressed out I can't help you with anything I'm I'm not going to even talk to you I'm just like sitting at my desk all day but that's kind of the way it goes but it's only for you know a week and I actually the hardest part is Monday because Monday the keynote isn't until noon local time for me so you know you kind of get ready for all this stuff and then you you sit there and wait for hours before it actually all gets going and then it's and then it's a really tough schedule because it every day really only doesn't doesn't really start until noon so it makes for very late into the evening days and then uh if it spills over it spills over into the early morning of the next day so i don't know it it's it's a weird existence but it's uh it's fun too i always enjoy wwc yeah, it's uh, it's gonna be gonna be a good one, I think. Uh, so you'll you'll be you'll be getting prepped, and I will pay attention as I see fit. Um, and uh, yeah, I think we'll probably wrap it up for today. Yeah, I think we will. And then uh, yeah, we'll probably not be back for three weeks because two weeks from now is the middle of WWC, and I think I'm going to be kind of tied up that week. But <laughs> we'll That's we'll plan. I'll allow week. it. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> All right, speak to you later. Okay, bye.